It's Monday, October 25th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who's always fire and never cap, J.P. Shedrick. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday going into week number eight. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy show, as always, on Monday. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco joining us. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli is in the vicinity. He's not in his chair yet. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Bi-week review and grades. Pete can't wait to grade this football team. At the bi-week, we'll get social media questions, and we'll go around the NFL on week number six. Let's start with head coach Urban Meyer today. He spoke with the media coming off the bi-week. It was an important week to self-scout. We did about as deep a dive as I can remember. Uh, our coaches stayed here after we let our players go. and uh, Really interesting, the results. And then, uh, then you couple it with the first time we've ever, really in my lifetime, had a chance to take a Sunday and watch everything that goes on in this league. I learned a lot. Uh, but the self-scout was uh, priceless. Now we got to do something with it. There's some very tangible things that came to light that we need to uh, get fixed. Pete Prisco down in South Florida. Tony Baselli with us now on set. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon. Hi. Well, your mic is off, but uh, hello, Tony. Keep hello. that damn thing off. Keep it off. Leave Love it. Our show. What are you talking about, <laughs> Pete? It's not very hey, nice. You're late, man. No, I, late. Yeah, a little bit. I was here. I was just on another call. Sorry. I got stuff, stuff <laughs> so going on. That how, makes, about, how about okay. is Urban copying me late. on the deep dive? Is that him copying me? Deep dive. Wanna... Oh, yeah. Deep dive. Tony, we copied we copied him. Oh, yeah. we did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I came up what with that. What are you that. talking about? No, you didn't do that. We were mocking. What planet are you on? We were mocking him for saying the deep no. dive. Who's we? Don't put, no, don't put, no, no was, maybe you. No, there was we. no we in this. What you got a mouse saying? in your pocket? Yeah, that might be you, Pete. I don't mock anybody. No, I'm okay, not. Okay, it was me. I mocked him. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I, I thought, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I mean, this is what every team does. And, Pete, you know this as well as I do around the league. I mean, during the bye week, you take time to self-scout. And, actually, it's an ongoing process. A lot of times you should be self-scouting yourself throughout the year. But you can do that deep dive, as Urban said, uh, during that bye week because you have some free time and you're prepping for the next game. And, you, you know, coaches are trying to always get ahead. But you can stop for that second and really look at what you're doing, what's working, what's not. Um, and it will be interesting to – and I know he talked a little bit about some of the takeaways. He talked about the coverages on defense, that they thought they were going to be a man-heavy team. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be more zone. Um, some, I thought the comments were interesting about what he said and, and kind of where they are and how they went about uh, the process. And it will be interesting to see coming out of the bye week, what are they able to do and what are they able to implement um, in preparation for Seattle, which all of a sudden looks like a much more winnable game than it did Six weeks ago. And here's the other thing is you learned a lot from watching the games on Sunday. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to go there. I didn't quite understand that. <laughs> I did. I mean, did he not? Am I wrong? Did I misunderstand him? Is, did, well, is that what not he, what he said? That's exactly that's what, he, what said. he said. You don't yeah. think you can learn something from watching games on Sunday? You're the head coach of an NFL team. What do you mean? You're learning from watching TV games on Sunday? 
Well, don't you have access to every bit of tape you could possibly have? You should be learning every darn day watching the tape of the other teams. Well, I mean, I, but you, I think his point maybe he just yeah, hasn't sat saying. around and watched on a Sunday before the house. You and, know I, I mean? and I also but, think but, okay, I get that, I get that. Just say, hey, it was a loose day, it was a fun day. I got to sit around. No, and but watch I think what he's saying is watching the games. Not that he learned X's and O's, but I think it also coming from the college game, and he said this later, and now being in the NFL, it's just how much parity there is in this league. That you well, look yesterday at. Yesterday was one of the least. I, I know. Yesterday was a bunch of. My, my point of saying that is, the way I took it, Pete, and th- this is I'm going to project because I don't know if this is he. I think he was. What he was saying is that hey, look at the Bengals, the Titans, and the uh, Cardinals, who we all played in pretty good games. Those are really good football teams. So maybe we're not as far off as everyone thinks they are. We we are. I mean, he didn't say that, but when I hear a comment like that, because I'm like, okay, what else could he have learned? It's not like he's watching X's and O's on a TV copy. You know, I think he's probably watching how this is a week-to-week league. Um, I don't think anyone, Pete, had the Ravens getting boat raced by the Bengals. Mm-mm. Not that the no. Bengals couldn't win that game. But, no. I mean, they were, uh, what were they, plus six? They were plus six and a half. Six they and were, a half, yeah. They, they, were, they were dogs at home. I mean, I thought they would play with them all game. I did, but I didn't think they'd do that. What they did to them, no right. way. And so I think you, you see that, and you, I think he's like, okay, wait a second. So we played these teams much better than so the so-called great teams, um, and I think it's you can use that as a confidence booster to to a young team. Saying, hey guys, listen, rough start, not where we want to be, but a lot of football in front of us, and we've played some really good football teams, and we've done some things well. We got to improve these areas, so you can have a conversation where you can say, "Here's the positives we've done and what we've learned during the bye week. Here's the things we need to work on." So it's just not this: you stink here, <laughs> you don't know how to cover, we can't play man, you can't do this, blah blah blah, whatever it is. And so I think if that's what Urban meant, I can buy that. I buy it. I actually, it's not that I can buy it; I do buy it. I do. I think that's an important thing coming out. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Out of the bye week, looking around the NFL, looking at what's tr- uh, what's trans is transpiring, um, looking at the teams you've played, how you've handled it, and and how do you move forward? Because Captain Sunshine has been unleashed. <laughs> no, I, but that's <laughs> what else do you want him to say? But Pete, no, I, you, I, I, I mean, do you disagree with right me? Now, if the playoffs started today, the number one seed in the NFC would be the Arizona Cardinals. The number one seed in the AFC would be the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars led them both in the third quarter. That's right. And, and so I think that I mean, that's the positive. I be t- I be telling my team guys like, listen, we're one in five. Our record says we're a bad team. I don't think we're a bad team. I think we're a young team. We're getting better each week. And if you continue to work and we make the adjustments in the A, B, C, and D areas, like the whole season's in front of us. Let's go play good football and see what happens because they're gonna this run team- the table. Ooh. Are they going to run the table? They're not going to run the table, Pete. I'm not even sure. They're, I'm not even sure I'm picking them this week, but I do think this is going to be a close game, and I wouldn't surprise me at all. It's a tough trip, though, Tony. You know that it's a yeah. tough trip. It's a tough trip. That's what I'm saying, Pete. But if you look at, if you'd asked this radio, the three of us, three weeks ago, of the seven games coming out of the bye, or just take the first five. What are the chances this team was going to win any of those five? Like, would you pick them in any of those five games? And those five games are, just so everyone knows, is Seattle, Buffalo, um, Indi- then, you, then you go to Indy, 
In San Fran. San Fran and Tennessee, right? Nope, Atlanta. Atlanta and then Tennessee? Nope. Rams. Rams. Then Tennessee. And then Tennessee. So those seven games. Tennessee is like the eighth, seventh game. Uh, yeah, so how those many seven can they games. Win? How many games would you three or four weeks ago you said they might not win any of those games? Correct. Now they have a legitimate chance maybe to win one of them, one or two of them. Oh, I think they're I think the legitimate chance to win three of those games. Which ones? Seattle? Atlanta? And what was the in uh, the in the, the 49ers here at home? That's not yeah. a very good football team right now, Pete. The 49ers. No, it isn't. It's not. And they got to travel yeah, they, across the country. Yeah, and it's a 1 p.m. Yeah, Eastern they got a little bit of a chance to win maybe two or three of them. You're, you're probably accurate. I mean, those three right there, I might even say they might be a favorite with the 49ers coming to town. That's a little – that's what's that, three weeks from now? That's, a lot of things can change between now and then. A lot. I'm just saying today. If they were if, – right now, if the 49ers were coming to Jacksonville next week, you think the Jaguars would be a favorite? I would pick them. No, would they be a favorite? That's not what you said. <laughs> I would pick them. I, I'm not a bookie. I don't bet. So they would be. A, they wouldn't be a favorite, but they'd be. It wouldn't be ten either. It would be more like three or four. Well, they're only three and a half dogs going to Seattle this week, Pete, across the country. Geno Smith. They got a backup quarterback. Trey Lance. Have you watched him play lately? Russell Wilson was. If Russell Wilson was the quarterback, he would. They'd be a seven-point favorite. Fine, but Trey Lance. Does he scare you? No, he's not playing. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing. Okay, does Jimmy Garoppolo scare you with his one calf? No, but Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl. Did he scare you? They would have been 10-point favorites that year. Well, I'm just saying, my point is this. I, what, Urban Meyer, and you were mocking, Pete. I am not. What I, his, I am not either. His comments, I understand if that's what he meant because I agree with him. You could, like, if you sat back, and because here's the other thing. If you're a head coach – I think he is continuously learning. I think he is continuously looking at film. I don't, I don't think that's what he was referring to. This is the first time he's been able to stop, sit down, and watch the league since, he, you know, since the season started for the Jaguars. And so now you sit back and you're like, wait a second. Uh, we played the Bengals and it took them a last-minute field goal to beat us, and they just blew out the Ravens, who were supposed to be the best team in the AFC, or one of them. Uh, oh, yeah, we played those Cardinals. We had a lead in the second half. And they're undefeated. And, yeah, Tennessee we were leading in the second half. And they just demolished the, the Chiefs, who I'm not sure are a very good football team this year. And so all of a sudden it's like, all right, you know, we got some uh, work to do, but it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, finish a couple of those games. It's You're not the Jets. Feeling. Huh? They're not the Jets. Let's put it that way. That's yeah, the Jets thing. are in a bad spot. Yeah, and the quarterbacks oh, are bad. right now too. But, uh, but uh, look, I get it. I just – it's just a weird thing to say the way, and, and I don't know if somebody pushed back on him and said, what'd you learn? And, and, but they didn't, didn't sound like they did because he never really explained what he learned. Well, Pete, that's why you, you need to start coming to the press conference so you can ask those follow-up questions that everyone well, in would America wants to know. I would ask it, what'd you learn? Well, here's, let's, let's hear from Urban Meyer talking about some of the adjustments that they might make after the buy. How difficult it is in the NFL because of a smaller roster and um, how do you get those reps without having reps, if you make sense. You can only go, you know, I guess some players are 30 years old and, you know, the heat down here, how do you get those practice reps so they don't make mistakes yet blow the players out? That's the biggest issues that we got to get fixed and be more efficient in practice. And I actually met with our leaders today about that is that we got to, you know, I have a really 
great group of leaders on our team and how we just can't have mistakes in practice. I know that sounds simple, but you can't. you got to really lock in, especially the younger players. It starts there, and it's really not the, the first well, time we've on. heard. Time out, yes, time we, out, okay. time out. Pete, <laughs> did you hear that? Like, you can't work players too hard in practice because they're, like, Tom Coughlin right now right, is sitting in Atlantic Beach, like, just, like, poking his eyeballs out saying, what do you mean you can't? Because we were in full pads going not on – I mean, yeah. there was no worry about yeah. wearing us out yeah. for Sunday. <laughs> particularly coming off a bye. I mean, none. It's particularly when we were young. When we were a right. young team in 95, 96. Holy cow. Did you see what the the, the uh, Giants did this week? They changed their practices and went to fundamentals for the first, you know, maybe hour of practice, which means you actually had full pads and did full practices, but you worked on your fundamentals because you thought the tackling and blocking was bad. I mean, we're we're in the middle of an NFL season. What are we doing? Well, now listen, I'm not making fun of Urban because that is like today's NFL. Yeah, I mean, oh, I so- agree. That's no comment. Urban's right. I'm just laughing inside, going, "Where was this concern for my well-being?" 26 years ago, it didn't exist. Holy cow! When you were when you guys came off a bye, if if, maybe my memory's not great, but I remember that Wednesday practice off the bye was physical as hell. Well, the best thing coming off the bye is Tom gave us Monday off, so we had so we would have two Wednesday practices. Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Tuesday, full pads. Just going at it. Wednesday, full pads, going at it. Those were two Wednesdays. And then we'd still have our Thursday practice, full pads, going at it. And then finally, we went just helmets on Friday. So, yeah. But the coming out of the bye week was more work right. than less. And and that's and you know what? That's what I would do if I was a head coach. I'd, get the, I'd slap the relaxation out of you. Yeah, because that, <laughs> that first practice back after being off three days was a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Pete would Pete would go right up to the edge of the CBA and maybe oh, tiptoe you know across it. it. You, you know, know it. it. Well, I gotta be honest. With you, I don't, I think I would too. I mean, you got to follow the rules, but I I mean, I agree with Urban a hundred percent there. I don't know how you get better without practicing. I've said that forever. I I don't understand training camp. I don't understand like the lack of reps, and that's why I was critical of Urban sharing time between Trevor and Gardner. Because you're already in today's NFL, in today's training camp, you're already limited at those reps. Like if Urban would have done that in the old, like the old system where you had two days and you had so many reps, okay, no big deal. You give a guy an afternoon off, yeah, let him practice. Mean, but whatever, now right? with the limited yeah. time you have on the practice field, that's why I was always critical of Urban. Like, what do we do? Like every rep counts, and and now he's experiencing it. You're in the regular season, and you try to figure out how do you get better with the limited time you have on the field in full pads with your players. Well, now, not only that, since they split reps during the preseason and training camp, now he's he's just hitting the regular season. This is like his opener coming out of the bye. He's finally the full-time quarterback. Congrats, Trevor. You made it. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment. We'll start the grades. That'll get oh, Pete grades. Here yeah. we go. Pete loves grades. Um, we'll, we'll get into the offense, go position by position, as you wanted to do last week, Tony. You said next week, let's let's grade the team. Yeah, I, I, I'm regretting that at this point. <laughs> well, you brought it up. It's here now. Uh, we'll go on the offense when we come back. Putting ahead your questions in the second hour. We'll go around the National Football League a little later as well. And we're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. 
Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. And by Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon, the 25th of October. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli coming off the bye week. Can you, Self-scouting. Can you believe that it's almost November? The year is over. Like, Christmas is here. Like... Happy New Year! To They've everyone. been selling uh, pumpkin spice things for like a month now. But you, re- well, but you I mean, realize I always say this: the football season goes. The football season goes <laughs> it's so, so fast. fast right? Yet so slow. I mean, here we. This is week. I, I'm doing my stuff for week eight already. Yeah. Think about that. Eight. It's nuts. I told. I tell my wife, like, whenever like it's like midsummer, I'm like, well, Christmas is around the corner. She's like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm like, well, football's getting ready to start, and as soon as football starts, this year's over. Well, that's what I used to always say is if life went as fast as football season did, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, some, of us, some of us more than others since Baselli has me dead by the time I'm 70. Yeah, how did you dig yourself out of the hole? I never said 70. When I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gave me 10 years, so I'm 61, so I'm going to be done by 70, Baselli. <laughs> wow. My goodness. I take that back, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Because I want to, because I want to still be around when you're trying to get into the hole in the deck. <laughs> that's not funny. Whoa, whoa. That hurts. Oh, you tried to bury the guy literally last week. That that's hurt. what happened. That hurts. Yeah, he did. That hurt worse. <laughs> I mean, there was a shovel and everything. That was so. No, 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 no. We're looking into that a little too much. My goodness. All right. Well, all right. Last week, Tony, you're regretting it now, but we're here and. You know, Pete was into it. He likes to grade things. And oh, grade he is buffs. the ultimate. I used to hate it too. After every game, Pete would grade, <laughs> the, game, grade the position groups. Yeah, no, I'd, no, I'd literally see him. I'd read it that morning, Monday morning. <laughs> why I subjected myself to this torture, I have no idea. I'd read it. That and the my other thing, the the Times Union would run the fan like like fan write-ins which were just brutal they never said anything nice it, like oh, they, the nice ones don't make print probably. oh yeah, yeah and so yeah. and then topic of conversation monday in the locker room was pete's grades and we would just kill him and you know what's funny is the grades it was weird the way they structured them because it was always like pass defense run defense uh, passing game, running game, but then there was one grade just for the offense. Just for the line. offense line, we were the only position group that got graded. <laughs> and then coaching, and yeah, then coaching and the offensive line. I'm like, why did we get called out here? Um, so oh, Coughlin, Coughlin, Coughlin one day came out and grabbed me. I told you this story. I think I've said it before, but one day he comes out, he pulls me out of the room late in the afternoon when everybody's gone, and he goes, B minus. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you gave me a B minus for coaching? And I said, yeah, I gave you a B minus. I said, but you say you don't read the paper, so how do you know? He said, my daughter told me. And I said, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do for you, Tom. If you don't like your grade and it's a B minus, grade yourself, and I'll say you graded yourself, and I'll put that in the paper tomorrow, and he stormed <laughs> off that hall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, right let's, well, let's go position groups We'll go here. position groups. Uh, let's start with – Are we going to do the coaching or just position groups? Uh, Pete's already done it, I think. I don't oh, know. Okay. He's, he's on a roll today. Um, so let's start on offense, and let's start, obviously, at the quarterback position. There's only one guy that's played this year, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Pete. What would you give the Jags quarterback? A. And people will look at him and say, oh, wait, how could you give him an A? Well, he's playing with a bunch of guys that he probably won't be playing with at wide receiver next year. 
maybe one or two of them would be, you know, involved in the game. Um, I think he took a little while to get going because I do think that, like Tony said, I think he was held back a little bit by splitting the reps. But the throws and the decisions and the way he plays all speaks to future star. All of it. Every single bit of it. And here's the biggest thing. He's gotten better. He's improved each and every week. And that tells me where he's going. Uh, so I give him an A. Yeah, I'll go A minus. I was between the B plus A minus. Um, just, but I, I, I think the first couple of weeks when he did not play very well or not as well, I think were as, as much as the game plan than anything that he was that they were trying to run and how they were trying to monitor what he did and did not do. Yeah, they weren't doing any read option things. Well, and or they, like the yeah. narrative was like, hey, we don't want you running. Yeah. You don't do this. Don't do that. And he's an athlete and he's a football player. You got to let him go got to let the horse out of the stable and run and he and i think once they opened up and loosened that up a little bit he's gotten better each week so um i'll go with a minus i mean i i I think he's going to be an a plus i think he's a i think he's a future superstar yes he'll be an a plus for a long time i agree well he's got to have guys to throw to let's go to wide receiver now and uh, take a look at some of the guys who have been the most consistent at least statistically marvin jones jr with three touchdowns lavisca chanel has not found the end zone yet he's over 300 yards for the year jamal agnew sounds like he's going to have a role moving ahead tavon austin getting some looks uh, as of late not much last week but um, those are the four primary statistical guys at wide receiver right now for the Jags. What would you go on this one, Pete? D. Uh, I just think it's a bad group. Uh, and, and, no, and no fault of their own. Um, there's no speed there. They don't scare anybody down the field. The speed guy is the converted cornerback. Um, and, and so I just don't see a lot of game-changing ability. I think Marvin Jones should be a good number three receiver. Chenault's probably a three. Um, they don't have a one or a two, and, and so they got to manufacture stuff. And they don't do a great job. I'll be honest with you, I don't think they do a great job of manufacturing ways to get them open either. So as a group, uh, don't, they don't scare anybody. They get a D. That, that thump you heard was Tony's head hitting the microphone there. <laughs> Go ahead, Tone. I was between a D plus and a C minus. Um, I'm going to go C minus. You're nicer I- than me. No, I just – I mean, I think the addition of Agnew the last couple of weeks – they it's were a nice plus. converted quarterback kick return. <laughs> yeah, but he's playing. I'm playing okay, group. Pete. What else you want to do? Yeah, I think the addition of him moves him from a D-plus to a C-minus. Um, but they're below average as, as a group. I mean, there's no two ways about Chark's it. Chark's out. You know, they got well, I mean, some I mean, even when Chark yeah. was there, they were still below average as a group. There's no – Pete's right. There's no one that – wait. let me say this. There's – you know – I don't even know who the defense coordinator uh, is. Ken Norton still the defense coordinator in Seattle? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think Ken Norton is waking up in the middle of the night going, how am I going to stop this receiver? Well, he might be because the, his defense, his pass defense yeah. is awful. Yeah, but you know, but there's not that one guy, Pete. No, there's, no, but there's nobody. Look, you go around the league and you look at groups, the Lions really have a bad group of wide receivers. Um, and, and, the and you know, maybe the Patriots have a bad group, but nobody's – they, the Jaguars might have the worst group. The Lions have the worst group. The Jaguars are second worst. Period. Let's move along to tight ends then. Keep it uh, keep it positive here. Well, Dan Arnold's been a nice addition. Brought in in the trade. And so far in uh, just only a few games, 10 so, catches, 120 yards. But uh, the touchdowns have come from Hollister. 
one of four catches for the year for him was a touchdown. Same for Manhurts. One of three catches for the year was a touchdown for him. Luke Farrell's getting a little bit of play, but it's a receiver or a, a tight end group that it was a, a big talking point all offseason. What's this group going to be? And this is what they are. Pete? C. And I think that grade has gone up significantly from what it probably should be or could be if they didn't get to Arnold. I think Arnold's going to add a little bit of pass-catching dimension to that offense, which was badly needed. I still think keep an eye on Farrell. There's moments where you watch him, and he looks like he could be a part of the offense going forward. I'm not saying he's going to be a big pass catcher, but uh, I think that he has potential to be on this team for a while. Uh, but I give him a C, and, and only because Arnold has – come on and caught the football. I, I got to say, I was expecting a I lot was lower. Yeah. I'm shocked by that. From Pete on I'm, that I, one. I'm shocked by so that. We'll take the C and I run. I Arnold, it would have been, been a D minus, but Arnold brings it up to a C, C minus maybe. Yeah, I was going to go C minus. Um, I, th- I, I view this kind of like the uh, wide, rece- wide receiving core. Like, and Dan Arnold, I agree with Pete, brought it up. Mm-hmm. They had zero passing threat before him. Um. But there's again, there's nothing. There's no difference maker. There's nothing that makes you jump out and say, "Woo, this guy can kill us." This, yeah. And yeah. and and by the way, not a lot of teams don't have that at tight end. Um, no, it's a it's a bad position in the NFL. And so, but this group, I mean, just look at the numbers. Take Dan Arnold out of there, and it is like anemic. Um, so I I do think this if Dan Arnold continues to get better and improve in show production, I think you can get this group up to a C plus. Um, I think that's probably their ceiling. Maybe B minus. There you go. Let's keep on improving. Let's go to running back where it's been James Robinson's room and he's leading the way and among the league leaders in rushing yardage, five touchdowns this year, Carlos Hyde spelling him some, Um, but that's about it. It's James Robinson's world. We're all just kind of living in it right now. Pete, what do you think on this one? I'm giving him an A. I, I think he's been significantly better, okay, than what I even thought he would be. And, and and again, more proof. You don't you don't draft running backs in the first round, even though they did it. And and it, you know, look, ETN got hurt, but Robinson is proving to me and many others that he can be their back. He doesn't have the home run speed. You'd like to have him a little more speed, but boy, he's a good runner and a tough kid. Uh, I give him an A. He's been every. He's the MVP of of, of their offense right now. Yeah, but we're grading the overall running backs. I give James Robinson an A. Yeah, uh, I give the group a B. Um, well, I mean, I mean, who else are you grading? They, they, well, because I, I think I think the loss of ETN or someone like that, they don't have a change of pace back. Hundred um, percent right. reliant. Right. So I'll, on, give you, I'll give I'll give you the group. Of, I'll give you the group of B two then. If, yeah, that, it, if that, I was just saying that it's he's an A back. Oh, he's an A back. And but yeah. and he would probably maybe be an A plus if they would actually use him the first two weeks of the season, and those numbers would be even much bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's not going to catch Derrick Henry unless Derrick Henry gets injured or something. Um, but J- James Robinson is a good back. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. As a group, though, they lack any. They lack that space explosive player. They were hoping ETN would be that, um, but they have done nothing to really address it. And finally, on offense, we go on the offensive line. We'll do this whole group as one it's a group. big group. group. Great. Obviously, on the offensive line, uh, Robinson, Norwell, Shatley, Bartsch, Taylor are the starters at the moment. Will Richardson Jr. got play last time out. Casey McDermott's up. 
Walker Little was up last time. He's been um, off to the side some. And then Linder and Can are on injured reserve. Um, Pete, where do you go up front on offensive line with your grade? B minus, C plus, maybe, yeah, B minus. I think Cam Robinson's played better than, than I expected he would. I think Norwell's been solid. The center position's been good enough. Right guard was an early disaster because A.J. wasn't playing very well, and I don't think Barch has been much better. He's been okay. And then the right tackle is a, is a D minus, maybe an F. He is one of the biggest mysteries to me on that team, which I think he drives the grade down. Jawan Taylor should be building on what he did as a, as a rookie and right now be pushing for Pro Bowl berths, and he's gone in the complete opposite direction. And that is one of the great mysteries to me, and that's why I think it drives the grade really down. So I'd go probably – my final grade is probably a C plus. So I give, uh, I give them in run, run blocking a B plus, and I give them in pass protection a C to C plus. And so when you uh, average those grades out, I give them a B minus. But, of course, you're partial to the offensive line, though. No, I'm just – I mean, I just watch it, Pete. I know what I'm looking at. I'm I, like watch you. T- I watch it, too, and you're, you're partial to you. I mean, I'm not – I don't want to give away trade secrets. Someone's always texting me over the week years. and give me insights on the offensive line. You thought Luke Jogo was good for five years. I, <laughs> I'm not going to revisit that. Uh, you're telling uh, tall tales now, but that's okay. I like uh, – <laughs> Like that young man. Um, but, yeah, I, I give him a B minus. You know, pass protection has been leaky a little bit at times. I agree. Uh, I don't know if I'd give Juwan Taylor an F, but he is not performing at the level I think he should either. I think Ben Barch has been better than Pete thinks he's been. Um, and I do think Cam Robinson is playing well. Uh, I think they run block very well. I think it's obvious. I mean, it's, again, one of the big mysteries why those first two games they didn't come out running the ball James Robinson. They have now since kind of gotten back to that foundation, and I think this line does better when they run the ball first. Okay, if, if we did individual grades across that offensive line, we'd say D for Taylor, correct? I'd maybe give him a D plus. Oh, <laughs> there he goes. He's being a nice guy again. If we, if we put him on the lie detector, maybe C minus. Solid, oh, you're, that would be a solid D on the lie detector. <laughs> okay, the right guard with Barch in there. I give a I give a C plus. Okay, okay, that's fine. Because AJ maybe, maybe was a, a B, D. maybe a B minus, but C plus. Oh, for sure. you're getting a little too carried away. AJ was a D when he was in there. <laughs> uh, Linder. Uh, I'll give Linder and Shatley a combined grade of a uh, B. B. Yeah, that's good. Norwell, B. B plus A minus. Oh, you're way too happy with that. B one. plus. And then Cam Robinson. B plus. So yeah, so you you'd have them. You'd have B plus if you have B plus B. No, no I have, have B plus B. I have B plus B plus B, C plus D plus. Gets so you a B minus. And your grade your grade is more like a B. Okay, I'll give him a B then. Oh boy. <sighs> B minus. What am I? JP, why are you rolling your eyes? You asked us to do the grading. I know. I have instantly regretted this. So, yeah, it was terrible radio. Just awful radio. It's it was your grade. idea. People love grades. You have no idea. People people eat grades up. Yeah, I'm eating that. it up. Right. So, JP. Um, Tastes terrible. If you had to pick as arbitrator, whose grades are better on the offense? Well, I think 
considering that, you know, the inside of the offensive line is always better from a source who's been on the offensive line, I'm going to go with Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall offense, too. I probably, yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, but yeah, I think that gonna, swings it in your gonna, favor. I nailed you're going to go with Tony because he was nicer and, and you don't want to get yelled at. That's why. You know, he was nicer. He was nicer to the team than I am. And, but, and I guarantee you, and the fans can send these these in on your on the Twitter handle where you ask for the questions. Sure. Who was more accurate as a grader, Captain Sunshine or Miserable Pete? <laughs> you pick. Go ahead. Well, you pick. Well, while they think about it, we'll yeah. come back and we'll come back and do the <laughs> defense. Do defense. I, people can't wait. <laughs> yeah. to get back. The exciting conclusion of 2021 bye week grades. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. I think we went into the uh, into the, the storm thinking that we're going to be playing uh, be a, a very high percentage of man coverage, and we, we we figured out quickly that we're going to have to mix in a lot of zone, and then that's where you say, okay, the number of reps you have to get the team ready to play that zone cover. You can't say, okay, let's play, but go play zone. So that bye week was good. We spent some time on that. The combination of both. Uh, that's the biggest thing on defense, and then the flat. MAs, you know, there's four times we just turned a guy loose in man coverage because of bunch routes, pick routes, or whatever. And, and you're talking about four times that in those games that were really close. So I, I see this. I, I, I really like where we're headed in defense, but we need to start seeing that. That's Urban Meyer today talking defense. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Monday. Got me off the bye week. Jaguars and the Seahawks coming up in week number eight. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. The thrilling conclusion of grades. Well, I guess we got defense now. We'll do kicking next segment. No, we're not. No, we won't. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. By the way, um, you know, he talked about guys getting open on those bunch formations and stuff. Maybe he should learn from what he watched and saw and bring that over to his side, his side of the offense. I, I'm not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think getting creative on offense and trying to help guys get open would be is good. I think they do do some. They do do some of that. Um, not enough. I thought it was just interesting that we thought we were going to be a man heavy team, and so go, if you think about that, okay, you have uh, what what changed. Would that made you like what made you think that number one, and then what changed? And so if I think about what has happened, you know, going into the season, you had Shaquille Griffin came out of a cover three style defense, but played man as well quite a bit in uh, Seattle. Your nickel is a rookie, mm-hmm. Tyson Campbell. So I guess you're projecting that he's your rookie because I don't, you know. Other than that, you have Trey Herndon, who I don't know if his skill set says he's better at man or I, nothing jumps out at me. And then you have C.J. Henderson on the other side. But you knew going into the season, huge risk of C.J. Henderson being available. So I, I can't imagine they were counting on him and basing their defensive coverages on having him available. Um, just I mean, based on last year and, and kind of how the offseason went. 10, he huh? was a top 10 pick. I understand that, Pete, but the way the offseason went and everything that happened last year and the offseason this year, you know, all the reports of what was going on, if you were the coach of this team, would you count? Would you base your defense 
in your coverage scheme on whether C.J. Henderson was going to be available? Not not on the type of player he is. We all agree that he's a good player, but on his availability, would you? Uh, no. And so but, I, I and I, I'm I'm just bringing it up because I thought. But I, on the really, surface, on the surface, it looked like he had a high priced corner, a top ten corner, and a second round draft pick to play man coverage. That's what they were expecting, were they not? I'm, that's what I'm assuming, too. The way that Urban communicated this, it seems like they put all their eggs in that basket and weren't prepared for anything else. So if they were a man-heavy, if they're a man-heavy team and they don't have guys who can cover, you got to get out of that. We get that, right? Oh, yeah, I agree. Okay, but if they were able to cover, they'd be a more blitz-heavy team than they've been? Well, you can blitz out of zone. I just I know, but I'm but not even disagreeing would... with the comments. I'm, I I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's just interesting. You don't usually hear head coaches say that. Mm-hmm. Is I guess is my point, because in, maybe I'm I'm reading into it. It was like we thought we were man, so we did all the man prep. We spent most of the time in camp on man concepts. Now we know we can't play can't it. Do that all so we're time. using the bye week to figure out how to play zone. Is that I mean. So is that a fair? Me. I want to make sure I'm being fair because I'm I'm just that's what it caught like. it me by totally surprise. The, it's also been busting the zone coverages too, though. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's I think it's just a, maybe it's, they're not teaching it right. Who knows? But do you think if they were because we one of the big concerns has been the pass rush. If they're a better man team, then the pass rush would probably get home would be better, don't you think? Well, usually, man, you can you can hold you can have the quarterback yeah. hold the ball a click right. longer. Right. Um, so. That's the that's the theory. I still don't see how much better it would be even if they were a good man team. I just I, I don't know. Nothing special. More than anything, before we get to these just <laughs> grades that I know everyone can't wait for. Oh, they is, love them. I was just surprised, and I'm not being critical that you just don't hear head coaches come out and say what Urban said about. We thought we were going to be this. We're not. We're going to be more zone. Um, that's what we learned during, you know, the deep dive during the, the bye week, and, and that's what we kind of where's the Where's did. the sound effect for the deep dive? I didn't hear it today. <laughs> I think well, we're I, good. I think we're good. We're good, Pete. We're good, I was just Pete. repeating what the head coach said in the press conference. I thought we have to play that deep dive, that sound splash every time we say deep dive. <laughs> no. I think we're good. We're good. But, Pete, <laughs> I mean – PJP, and then we'll get the grades. Are you guys were you guys surprised by that comment at all, or find it a little bit different? Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different to admit that you were wrong. Most coaches don't. He's admitting he's wrong. Yeah, isn't that what he's doing? I mean, don't you got to give him a little bit of credit for that? He's at least he's admitting he's wrong. A lot of guys would wouldn't admit they were. Well, and I gotta say, I mean, one thing that I'm shocked about. And I didn't know what to expect, really, I guess. I had no expectations. But Urban's way more transparent in these press conferences than I would have thought he would have been. Especially on things that he isn't aware of yet or doesn't know or is trying to learn. He's like the opposite of Bill Belichick. (laughs) Yeah, like he makes himself look bad at times, just being honest. So, but he's honest in this. Well, in the press conference he is. Let's get to the grades. Let's go to the grades on that, um, on that comment. Let's go to let's, secondary. Let's, let's start on the back end of the defense and take a look at some of the contributors in the secondary for the Jacksonville Jaguars here in 2021. Andrew Wingard is among the league leaders and or the excuse me the team leaders in tackles. Rayshon Jenkins has had a good season. 
Shaq Griffin on the outside, Campbell, Rudy Ford getting some playing time, Herndon, Claybrooks. Those are the guys statistically that stand out. Pete? Uh, if I had to look at it, I think Jenkins has been every bit what they thought he would be. I, I think Winger's – got to give him credit. He's exceeded my expectations. So Okay, what's the, the unit grade? What's not the grade? individual player. I'm, grade. I'm, just, I'm not giving him – I'm just going through this through my head, okay? I think the corners have struggled. So I'd probably give it a, a C minus. C. Yeah, I'd probably give a D to D minus. Mm. They're giving up over 72% completion. Mm. They have their uh, quarterback rating at a clip of over 111, mm. which would make like playing against the Jaguars like being the best quarterback every week in the NFL. No pass rush yeah. either. I'm That's not saying tough. that, but at the end of the day, you are you are statistically one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. You'd give you'd give the safeties a much better grade than you give the corners. Hundred, I'm looking at it as a unit. Unit secondary. Right. Well, as just, a secondary I, I unit, grade, I, I know you gave him the grade as an overall unit, but what would you give the, if you I, divided it? You'd say the safeties are played better than the. Corners. I don't have time to go through this. We yeah. got to get through the. We, rest got, of this. we got to get a timeout here. Actually, we're up against yeah. it. We'll come back. We'll the finish. thrilling conclusion: <laughs> linebackers and defensive line and outside linebackers. I know you can't wait for this, Tony. It's painful. It's my idea, too. I got no one to blame but myself. It's all all your fault. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli stepped away for some reason. He he gets all bent. This was his idea, JP. I know, I know. Let's and you, by the way, judging from people on Twitter, they love it. Love it. Huh? There's a and I saw there's a poll they, out there now. Said, and one guy said, "Quit tell JP to quit scoffing." Well, first of all, I did a poll. Scoffing. I did a little poll as I went to get my coffee. I've not yet begun to scoff. And it's uh, it was unanimous that they think the uh, it's terrible radio doing great. Well, because they're all, they're, you're prob- we're probably grading the people you saw in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. let's finish the grades, and I want to come back to that urban comment a little bit about zone versus man. Okay. So let's, uh, let's finish this up line, real quick. Middle, Inside linebackers, there's only, uh, you know, there's a couple guys that mainly contribute, obviously, Wilson and Jack. We've seen some other guys in there as well, Quarterman, Allen, Russell. Quickly, Pete. Uh. C minus. I don't think they've come close to playing as well as I thought Miles Jack would play, particularly. So I give him a C minus. I'm going to give him a, a B minus because they. I mean, you look at the defense; they're pretty good against the run, and I think the additional Damian uh, Damian Wilson's been big on that. He brings some physicality to it. Um, I agree with Pete on the Miles Jack. Might have moved me down to a C plus just because not that he's been bad per se, but I think my expectations of him are so much higher. But I'll, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a B minus. Okay. Uh, let's wrap up with defensive line and outside linebackers. We get all those guys in one group together. Long list. Allen, Hamilton, Brown. Okay, we can read. Chazon, Ward. Well, it's on radio, too. Ward, okay, Gotsis, and the, Smoot. I'm going to give the down players a B plus, and I'm going to give the outside guys a C minus. Okay, I'm giving them a A minus versus the run as a group. And I'm giving them a D plus as pass rushers, mm. which will give you a total score of a B. And I'd give them a, a probably a B minus. All right, grades are in. <laughs> wow, 
And, and, and people, and by the way, there, somebody put a little poll on Twitter, and uh, miserable Pete's grades are better than Captain Sunshine. They enjoyed my whatever. It's true. The poll's out here. I'm looking. Well, how many people voted? Three in two of them are Pete's family members. Uh, Pete's wife, Pete's dad, Pete's brother. <laughs> Let's see. Seven have voted. Seventy-one percent are going miserable Pete's way. And, Thank and you, you know at DestinRay49 for the it, poll. Now that you mentioned the polls out there, they're going to vote now, and they're going to go on the Twitter <laughs> vote. And Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Prisco. <laughs> no. No. Okay. What, look, vote people. Tell them who's, whose grades are better. And it <laughs> but was go, go, idea, Baselli. Yeah. There's nothing better than coming up with a radio idea and then just <laughs> and blowing crapping it. all over it the whole time we did it's it. It's terrible. Terrible. How much time do I have to, before the break? Uh, a minute. Okay. So, Pete, going back to the Urban Meyer comments about, you know, thought they're a man, but they're really zoned. Is that throwing defensive coordinator Joe Cullen under the bus at all? No. You don't think that no, is? No, I, I think they talk with him. and No, I don't think that's throwing him under the bus. I think, if anything, Joe went to him and said, hey, we need to change the way we're going to play. No, no, I'm not, say, want- I, I'm, I'm not saying Urban did it purposeful, purposefully or that they're not on the same page. The way it, like, it just was so interesting to me that it, the way he said it, could it be viewed? And if you're the defensive coordinator, would you be like, "Wait a second, come on, what are we, what are we telling people out there?" Yeah, maybe, I guess. I mean, yeah, so I he probably he would discuss it. it I'll be honest with you; I don't think he meant it that way. Yeah. I don't think so either. I don't think that. But I'm just you're, you're because being, you're being so, a conspiracy theorist a little bit. I'm here. not. It said, "What did the message send?" Is like, um, we didn't know our personnel very well. We're, you know, and it took us six games to figure out we can't play man. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't, I didn't, watching but the tape. Tony, before the season with, with Henderson there, if you can count on him being there, if Henderson's there, Campbell's there, and Griffin's there, don't you have the idea that you can play man? Well, I think we've seen Tyson Campbell, young player, has ball skill issues. Correct. Okay. So that'd be questions. Um, C.J. Henderson, if you were to ask me to lay money at the beginning of the year, whether he's going to start over 50% of the games or not, I would have taken the under. Hmm. All right. Let's um, – we'll come back. That's There's just plenty. me. I'm not, I'm not trying to start any drama. I, I'm just asking the question. I, I thought know. it was an interesting comment. That's all. It, it's very interesting. We have another hour to go through. We can talk about like. it more. Should we, we do grades over again for we the can, people who missed the first hour? We can regrade. We can grade the grades. Let's when grade we come the back, grades. second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour coming up. It's uh, Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. And that's another reason why I signed a guy like Marvin Jones and some older players. You know, I felt good about our offense line because you had a couple of veterans in there that I would learn from. But just the how, when you start saying how many reps in practice you get compared to the college life, and yet you still have these unforced errors that we're making. So I feel good about the second run that we're going to go on here, about just the efficiency. And now we've been in the system for a while. Now we, you know, the excuse of a new system, the excuse of a young quarterback, that's all gone. Because a young quarterback's playing pretty good. It's all gone. That's head coach Urban Meyer today. And welcome back. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour underway. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli. Here in Jacksonville at TIAA Bank Field. Pete Prisco down near Los Olas, probably, in Fort Lauderdale. What, about, off the what about the excuse of a first-time head coach? Is that gone now, too? 
He didn't say that, but no. I mean, it should be. If everything else is gone, it's time for that to be gone too. Okay. What are you saying, Pete? Well, I mean, there's no more excuses. Go play. Go win games. Get better. I do think they are getting better. By the way, I, I'm. You know, I I criticize when it's justified, but I think the improvement is it, it shows up. I think they've improved as a team. Each each time they've gone out on the field, and that's a good sign. So I, I do I got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I mean they are getting better. I mean, thanks, Tony. I agree. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's not much to say there. I mean, they're getting better as a football team. I think a lot of that goes. Obviously, the young quarterback's getting better each week. I, I and not to rehash the first part of the season. I for the life of me can. We'll never understand why we came out throwing the ball and didn't have this offense run through James Robinson and free up Trevor Lawrence to use his athletic ability. Not that they would have won football games by any means. I'm not saying that. But I think you see the offense becoming more efficient and better um, because of how they're playing the game. The big question still is defensively of getting people off the field, hitting the quarterback, creating turnovers, you know, giving your offense short fields, you know, doing the things that the – you know the teams who win week in and week out are doing more of um, is uh, something that's got to change on the defense. And the, the interesting thing is it's for as many yards as that, that the Jaguars have given up, the scores aren't as bad as they very well could be if they didn't force some field goals in the red zone um, when teams drive all the way down mm-hmm. there and they can't get in the end zone. So give, give uh, Joe Collin to that defense credit in that area because uh, they've, you know, they've got some fight in them, and they find a way to get them off the field with just a field goal a bunch of times this year. Well, well, here's the other thing, too, is um, when you look at the first game and why we we questioned that, I know we did, but I, you know my theory on it is they had a brand-new, shiny new toy they wanted to show off, and it just didn't work, and it didn't make any sense when you put that much pressure on them on the road in the first – and it was a bad team they played, but you put a lot of pressure on the kid in this first game on the road. So I, I think if they had to do it all over again, Tony, and you would agree with me, they'd probably go in there and say, no, nah, this isn't the way we're going to play the game. We're going to run the ball. No, I agree, but you like – I mean, yeah, let's leave it alone because I, I go back to – I mean, it's so obvious to me, Pete. I mean, you love throwing the ball. If I would ask you – what would your game plan be early in Trevor Lawrence's career with a above-average offensive line and a back coming off a thousand yards? Right, you would have run the ball, take the pressure off, let him take some shots down the field. That's what that's, I would have done. Yeah, that's right. And, but, and as the year goes, as his career goes on, I don't think that's going to be the case, but it should be now. By the way, there's, there's an update now on the poll um, at Destin Ray Forty Nine put out the poll of the more accurate grader. Of position grades, and he put Mr. Sunshine or Miserable Pete. There are apparently 14 votes, and Miserable Pete's leading the way 64%. Well, that means that Baselli's family got in and added some votes on the answers. About five right there. Yep. <laughs> JP, did you vote? I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. No, no did you vote? I'm Switzerland. Don't lie. I'm Be honest. I don't know. Pete. Pete, JP voted. Guess where he went his vote? Went to Baselli. I also have multiple sources of to vote. He voted with you because he was, he's he's uh, passive and he's going to vote for the guy that doesn't take the mean mean side of things. Vote the real, early, real side of things. Vote early and often. You're going to take pom pom waiver over there rather than me. But I think the majority of fans, if we actually put, if we had a real vote and we put it to a real vote. 
the majority of fans would agree with migrating and not the sellies because they think, and I've had people come up to me and they say, it's amazing how accurate you are when he's being Captain Sunshine. <laughs> people, people come up to you and say that. That's amazing. I, I, I don't think that's true, first of all. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's coming up to really specific. If I was in Jacksonville, they would. No, <laughs> no now they would. You are such they would, a... They, they remember you defending the spinning top loop joke all the time. If you have a second joke reference tonight, by the way, get, a, get some new material, Pete. Poor Luke Jokel. He's not even on the team, and you're still taking shots at him. Okay, well, what was the other kid that was supposed to be Baby Baselli after when he was drafted? And he now works in the medical field for a buddy of mine. He, you defended him, too. I, didn't, I wasn't even on the radio back then. I was in Houston. I didn't, I didn't defend anybody. You, listen, he's supposed to be a, a journalist like with like integrity and like what he says means something. I know. We, and right now, he's putting a bunch of unverified okay, for the, for the second part quotes out there. Was, it was an exaggeration to make you laugh. But the first part is accurate. You no, used to it's defend not. No, no one is calling you or coming up to you on the street saying, <laughs> "I really think you're great. Are wearing me out about this." Your on grades the are better, especially so since just, this is the first time we've ever did a, done a grade. I mean, no one's saying that. Just, it's a lie, just, Pete. In general, on the show, how you would always prop everybody up, and I was the the voice of reason. That was one thing they used to say to me when I lived in Jacksonville. The other one was. I can't believe how mean Baselli is to the caller. <laughs> right. That's accurate. That was true for a period of time. I was frustrated. I was in a bad <laughs> mental space, I and I took it out on some callers. And I apologize, though, uh, to those callers. I miss calls. Those are fun. He <laughs> missed those days. <laughs> those are fun. Joe doesn't. Joe hated oh, those things. That was a blast. Because it wouldn't take much, Pete, and no, Tony no, would fly like, off the handle. And off he'd go. It was like a, a steam pot. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, by the way, you got another vote, Tony, from uh, a family member of mine. So, nice, thank you. Yeah, that was your dad because your dad doesn't like me. Oh, he hates yeah. you. He thinks uh, you're awful on the radio. <laughs> so there you, you have it. What's that? Well, you know what? He can take my spot then. He's better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's saying he's wow. better. Yeah. I mean, that's a little harsh, Pete. Don't take your ball and go home. Yeah. Can't take the, you were one of those. You were that kid on the playground. Like if you didn't get never. your way, you take your ball and go home. That never. was you. Never. Isn't that, I never I mean, that's what it seems that's like. That's what it just felt like. That's what I it never, felt like right I never, there. Uh, I never brought my ball because I always use somebody else's <laughs> to keep mine for when I was at home. <laughs> Why is that not shocking? I don't. I don't. It doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. So all right, it's on to Seattle. Seattle, here we go. Let's, we haven't talked about this Seattle is, at this all. Is a, this is a winnable game. You want me to lock it right now? I would like for you to lock it if you're into it. Do it. I'm not ready yet. I want to think through this. We've got a, about 50 minutes. 50 minutes. 5-0. There's a chance I'm going to lock this. because they, they do play tonight, so wouldn't you like to see him play? Yes. Yeah, scout them. I'm going to scout yeah. them tonight. I mean, you I'm going to see what I can learn. I'm on TV. See what I'm going to learn from the, t- what so I can learn from the TV live, copy. Are you going to live tweet scout the game for us? No. I will not do that. Um, then I'm going to watch the tape, all 22. But there's something, something in my gut tells me that the Jags are going to win this game. First of all, I don't think Seattle's very good. I mean, defensively, they're atrocious. They're like on a record-pacing. On a record-breaking, record breaking, or they close to a record-breaking play, pace for yards yeah. allowed. I mean, it is just not good. Um, they're better at, they, at least they they're a little bit bend don't, but uh, bend but don't break time of deep because their uh, defensive scoring isn't terrible. It's middle of the pack, but I think they can run the ball against these guys. 
they have busts every single week. Yeah, I it's don't think there's thing. anything that scares you offensively. I mean, D, uh, DK Metcalf, good player, but Geno. Yeah, if they had if they had Russell Wilson, it'd be a different story. Right, Geno Smith yeah. back there, Chris Carson, the running backs out. It's an okay offensive line. I just I think the Jags are winning. Let me put that out there right now into but, the universe. I think the Jags are winning this football game. Wow. Okay, but let me ask you this, Tony. You're saying that now, but if they come out tonight and put one on the Saints, you would think otherwise. Pete, read my lips. The Jaguars are going to win in Seattle this week. Is it a lock? It's going to be a, hol- a Halloween treat. And you heard it here first. Lock it. <laughs> That's about as clear as can be, Pete. He didn't stutter. No, he did not. He he's one, and and tonight when if Seattle puts one on the Saints, he's going to come back and wish he hadn't said <laughs> nope, that. Nope. Nope. Listen, I think they can win the game. Look, I'm not going to lock it, but I think they can definitely win the game. It's I Halloween. Do. Sunday's Halloween. Yes, it a is. lot of people are going to be you, out there. What are you dressing up as, Tony? Doing a little trick and treat, and there's going to be no tricks here. All treats for Jaguar fans. Trick or treat, not and treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. That's what I said. Trick or treat. You said trick and treat. Same thing. Hey, listen. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes people like both trick and a treat. Wow. (laughs) It's not how it's one or the other. I said trick or treat. There's no proof I didn't say anything. Are you dressing up as an ogre again this year, Tony? No, I'm not dressing up. I have not dressed up for Halloween in... I can't remember the last time I dressed up. Me either. Me either. JP? Nope. I'm not a Halloween fan. I like the, the Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, your figure, that's it, your it. figure shows it. Um, <laughs> he just has to get a shot off. I mean, it's, it's expected. Hey, when he was on the Dr. DPSSO on Halloween, he'd like take a little piece of the chocolate and lick it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You'd have to write it down on his list of. No, of it's not that. true. It's not true. I couldn't eat it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a Halloween fan. I. I it's an overrated holiday. Uh, you know what? I tend to agree with you a little bit. I, I just don't get into it. My kids hate the fact that I say this. I say it every year to them, and they just get so mad. And they go out trick or treat, trick or treating, not trick and treating, or trick or treating without me. Your kids are 25. They're still going <laughs> trick or treating. I have a 12 year old, Pete. Okay, but the rest of them aren't going trick or treating. Well, I don't. I mean, I they're in college. I don't know what they're going to be doing. I don't don't well, want to know. Maybe if they lived up north, they used to have mischief night the night before Halloween up north when we were kids growing up. What was, was mischief? Of that. What is night? that? You went and like you threw eggs at people's houses <laughs> the night before Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Why am I not shocked that Pete mis- was involved? It was involved called mischief in night. <laughs> I am not shocked night. at all that Pete was involved in mischief night. Well, hey, I, 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 I mean, trick I or treating was I fun. I never threw eggs at people's houses. I never did that. I never went that far. I might throw toilet paper and stuff. I wouldn't throw eggs at people's houses. You're just a liar. Think, now you've just lied no, again. I, I, I swear I never did that. It's defacing property. I wouldn't do that. Oh, but throwing toilet paper all over is just not defacing it at all. Yeah, that's, that's very just, normal. That's just clean it up. It's clean. Yeah, especially clean when it up. rains and it sticks everything. It's in the trees. It's killing birds. Yeah, it's fine. That was a thing, though. I, I, there's no way that's still a thing nowadays. I mean, that, so, I mean no. I will say this. So, this is a true story. Early, like it was the first couple years. It wasn't the first year. Maybe it was. It was either the third or fourth year I was here, and living in Marsh Landing, 
and we went somewhere on Halloween night. So we weren't there for trick or, uh, trick or treating, for the kids to come walking up, do their trick or treating stuff and everything else. And so we, t- you know, shut the house down, and my wife and I and we had young kids went somewhere. I can't remember where we went. It doesn't matter. Come home that night, no big deal. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning, whole house teepeed with toilet paper. Because you didn't give out any candy. Because I didn't give any candy out. You were that guy. Yeah. You, you see, go. when you the, now the 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 thing to the do whole is house. when you leave to put candy out in front, so if kids come, they can grab some candy. So I do that now. We do that now because <laughs> if we're not home, I put a big bucket of candy. But if yeah. you think about that, it's really dumb because the first greedy kids that the show up, kid. because you, you say, take one, please. Yeah. What kid is yeah. taking one? They're if it was the me, bag and pouring the whole pouring damn thing, the whole thing is, right. I'm out. See it. Right. I right. mean, so they it's didn't a have no- anything. And then you take the whole thing and put whatever basket you have, put it to the side in the bushes. There's, they give out nothing. And then you still get toilet paper. You still get toilet paper. We call it teepeed. You get teepeed. Mm. I don't know why they call it TP, but I'm sure there's a reason for because it. Because it's toilet paper. That's why it's called TP. TP? Yeah. Is that another term for toilet, <laughs> I toilet paper? I don't know. Toilet begins with a T, paper begins with a I P. I get that, TP. but, it, but <laughs> TP? Uh, what else do you want me to explain? Let's take a timeout. Gosh, we're going to come back. I mean, a TO after the TP reference. What does TO stand We're going to go a timeout. <laughs> we're going to keep it real. KIR when we come back. Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. My name's J.P. Shadrick. Tony Baselli alongside Pete Prisco, CBS Sports Senior Writer down in South Florida. It's time for KIR, Keeping It Real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. I got a tweet this week from a, somebody on, on Twitter, obviously. Really? Yeah. Is there anywhere else you could get a tweet? No. Okay. That's why I said it. Uh, it was in, a, in a, a store location, not in Florida, and they took a picture of the Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi stand in the grocery store and sent it to us and said, we're, we're thinking of you. Did they have our names next to it? As no. Their, as their biggest uh, drivers, driver of sales? I mean, advertising doesn't, doesn't lie. I mean, it word works. is that... And I'm just still waiting for my case, or a couple cases of vino. How many? Oh, now, now it went to a couple cases. Yeah, how many's in your contract? <laughs> what are we doing? Talk about greedy. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind a nice, like Robert Mondavi cab, little cab. You know what? You know what it is. Baselli's the kind of guy that would get a case of Robert Mondavi wine, and then he would take one to people's houses when he went to dinner and act like he bought it for. Wow, <laughs> I just really went all out That's here. That's not true. <laughs> Went out of it's my way. Guys, I bought you true. guys this wonderful bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tony. Well, he got it out of the stash that he got for free. Okay, but here's my question: If it's good <laughs> wine, what does it matter if you're the recipient of that said gift from me? Mm. You'd it be happy. Be from you. Yes, it is from me. You got a freebie. It's not well, from it, you. It's it's still mine to give away you, once it's given to me. They don't know yeah, how you I got know. it. I, I can't. I, the, the gesture isn't the same if it's a freebie given to you. It's but like if it's a good bottle of wine, Pete, the uh, person receiving it does not care. It's all about the company, Pete. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, I, I disagree. I think it's not the same. <laughs> well, how would so you be? If we you, do, Pete, you would be the one that way. would ask where he got it, though. Of course hey, you would. JP, let's put it this way. If they do send us each uh, a case of wine, 
Anybody who invites Baselli over for dinner, if he brings a Robert Mondavi bottle of wine, you have to say, hey, thanks for the freebie, Tony. It's not free. <laughs> I, it, it he's, do, he's doing work for it. If I, have, if I have to give away a mythical free bottle of Mondavi wine, which I've not received yet, uh. just to be clear, and I have to give that away. It costs me because instead of me drinking it at my house, I am now giving it to said recipient of said wine that I do not yet have in my possession. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know where he went with that. Was that, that lawyer talk? Long... I'm confused now. He, he uh, took the wrong. He, re, he took the wrong path on that one. That was a scenic up. route back to the same spart- starting spot. <laughs> yeah. um, let's. Uh, get point. into it. Exactly. Thank you, Counselor. We're going to keep it real. KIR, are the Jags buyers, sellers, or standing by at the trade deadline? What do you think? Standing by. There's no one. I mean, unless, like, the only player I could think about them unloading, which I don't think they will, that would be a value where you might get something back, you know, that means something, either player or draft pick, would be Miles Jack. Like, who else could you imagine them trading that would have value in the street? Where well, there's some of them you couldn't trade because of the contract. You have to look at his contract, too. No, I know that, but I'm just saying. I'm looking at overall, Pete. If you looked at... Oh, value-wise, nobody. Just him. Yeah, and I don't think they're trading him, by the way. I'm just saying I, I brought that up because that's the only name I could even think of. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're trading him. Um, are, they, are they in the market for anything, though? I don't you think had him so. trading for Beckham last week. Yeah, wide receiver, maybe? I mean... Where are you going to get it? What are you going to give up? Like, well, you know. I did a little more deep re- little research on Odell Beckham. Oh, really? Yes. Tell us the uh, results <laughs> he, of that he research. He was say he did a deep dive on Odell Beckham, <laughs> but he didn't want to say it. Is <laughs> <laughs> you know that Odell Beckham, who has played two less games, I think, than the other, you know, he didn't play the first two games, has been targeted more than any other Cleveland Brown receiver? And he still has is not getting production. So this is not – there's an issue going on. And it's not just Cleveland not feeding him the ball. They're feeding him the ball, but it's not working. No, so, he's not the same player he was. Yeah, I would – so was, I'm no longer in the market for trading for Odell Beckham. So you're out. You came, on, out. you came to my side. Well, I did research. I did a little more <laughs> you know, I had my research done already when I made that assessment. And it's more analytics. Used analytics okay. to drive the process. So is there anybody out there that you would try – like, oh, would you try and get a fast receiver if there's one out okay, there? Okay, who? Who's available, Pete, that's Okay, well, fat? Brandon Cooks could be available for his eighth team. Well, for I don't think Houston's trading within the division, number one. Probably not, but um, – Number two, what am I going to have to give up for Brandon Cooks? Four, five – I'd be interested. I mean, they're, sell- they're selling a lot, so I mean, I'd be interested. I don't think. I don't yeah, think, those, you're right though. In division, I don't think. I don't think Houston would do it. Real so tough. I, I, I just okay, don't see anything. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to spin this forward a little bit. Okay, do you think their buyers or sellers are neutral, Pete? I think they're neutral. I think they're neutral. I think they're neutral. I'm with you. But let's spin it forward a little bit. We clearly see the big problems in the receiver room. Correct. Yep. We look at the free agent receivers for next year. There's no real answer to that receiving problem unless you got Devontae Adams and he's not going to come here. So we look at the draft next year. You're not going to draft a wide receiver where they're picking probably in the top five. I just don't think, I mean, or top three even. 
because there's not that guy out there. So how do you fix this? Well, you, I mean, like most teams do, you have to hit in that second, third rounder, find a dynamic well, guy. But you look uh, at like Chase and Jefferson have hits. One was picked high, one was picked later in the round. Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta really. If, but you agree, Tony. If you're picking three or two, three or four, you're not going to take a wide receiver in that spot. Unless it's Jamar Chase, I'd take him two, two, three or but four. Wouldn't you take a, a pass rusher before that, though? Yeah. Well, at that point, Pete, I'm taking the best player. I mean, where this team sits right now, I'm going. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to get the best player. But all I'm saying is I'm looking through the just I'm just glancing at the free agent wide receivers. Allen Robinson's gonna you're not gonna bring him back. Chris Godwin, would you would you pay Chris Godwin big money to come? And I don't think he would come anyways, but would you do that? I'd be interested. I kick the tires. I think he I mean he's yeah. a dynamic player. He's he's the one of the group in the free agency that you might look at. But again, that's gonna take a little time to fix, I think, that position. Right, but that goes back to keeping it real. I don't think there's anything out there that you're in the market that you're going to trade to go get right now. Like I saw somewhere, like maybe it was in the questions or comments, and maybe we'll get to this, but someone said trade Miles Jack for Jonu Smith of the of the Patriots. I'm like, why well, would the you? Well, the Smith contract wouldn't allow that. that that's my point. Why, you didn't want to pay Jonu Smith that much money during free agency. <laughs> why would you now trade away a player to go get him? Well, not only that, because the bonus money would accelerate into the cap, and that's just the problem. So yeah, does, and i got to look at his contract to tell you, but it, it would be probably problematic. It doesn't even. work. Don't even, yeah. So I just no. can't think of any one guy out there that – and the other way you fix it, Pete, the receiver, you, you do the same thing, you know, go down the list of teams that are deep at receiver. And the only one that comes off, the, you know, jumps off of the page because they're getting so much attention is the Bengals. They have probably four good receivers. Pete, you agree with that? Well, you I mean, got Higgins, Boyd, Chase. Chase and, uh, and Tate. That's it. Tate's good. Tate's okay. Tate, Tate could be an interesting player for some other team if he was getting more reps. Yeah. That's my okay, but I'm saying so you and I'm not saying this is any one of those guys, but you have to go look at these deep teams and is there a is there possibly a trade you could make to try to instigate a move there? Is it something you can do in the offseason? Do any of those guys come up in free agents as free agents? I mean, that's how you have to look at the future at the position or any position you okay. want to be better at. Okay, okay, like Miami thought they had a track team at wide receiver to start the season, and two guys that are always hurt, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, are hurt again. I mean, those are two fast guys. They're hurt again. You can't rely on guys like that. If Robinson – this is because I keep – people always go, oh, they should go get Robinson again. No, he, he doesn't solve their problem. He doesn't run either. No, he's a, he's a, he's a big possession guy. They need speed. They need to find speed. They could have got it in Rondell Moore or somebody like that or Tony – uh, but, you know, Tony was taken before they picked. But they need speed on that team. Speed. That is Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by RM. Robert Mondavi. Mondavi. We're, we're excited. Looking forward to it. Yes, we are. I still can't believe you didn't know what TP stood for. I did. I was playing around. Come on, man. I did. Toilet paper. Well, I told you that. It was a joke. I don't know about that. You might be right. Um, I wouldn't put it past you. We'll back in a moment. (laughs) We'll get to social media questions. Those will be great. They always are.
Thank you for the submissions. And a little later, we'll go around the league and hear some some of the great calls from around the NFL. In week number seven, this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco, glad you're along with us. We're getting ready for week number eight. Bye week was last week. Jags were off. We'll go around the league coming up in just a few minutes. We'll get to the scores, preview Monday Night Football, all that uh, coming up. By the way, the um, let's get to the um, the uh, results of that poll that uh, at Destin Ray 49 was uh, putting out about who had the uh, more accurate grade. And, and Miserable Pete still has the lead, 67%, with 24 votes in. There are still precincts out there, though. Uh, I mean, they know. Nobody Fans cares. Know. You know what that poll shows you? Nobody cares. Because I of care. those 24 votes, five or six are Prisco uh, family members. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. Including Pete himself voting for himself. No, um, no. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. You're such a liar. No, no. JP uh, voted. He voted um, for you. Huh? He voted for you. Yeah, I know he did. None of my family has weighed in yet. I can I can flip JP the vote. I can flip the vote my way in about three phone calls. Well, I was going to say. JP's, I mean, JP's dad voted against me. Yeah. Well, because that's what he he knows great radio, and that's he noticed great radio when you weren't here. Uh, no, he knows great radio when you're not there. <laughs> um, I don't think he's ever said that, has he, JP? I'm out. I'm Switzerland again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let's get a social question. Let's go social. Because we love those. Let's get social. We put the bat signal out earlier in the day. Here's the best we've come up with on this Monday. This is at J McMahon underscore. Should the Jags make a move for a corner or pass rusher before the trade deadline? The, the, I mean, the, See, we're turning on the trade machine. Yeah, here. the better question there is, like, what corner or pass rusher are you talking about? Because last time I checked, good teams typically don't get rid of those two positions um, unless there's some – well, trouble in paradise, like available. you know, there's Jalen Ramsey situation. What now? Kyle Kyle Fuller's available in uh, Denver, and he's had a terrible start to the season. But if somebody's willing to take a chance on him, maybe, maybe because he's played well before in the past, and they're deep at that position. But uh, I can't imagine Jacksonville doing that. I think a, a team that has needs corners that's a contender might be better off doing something like that. Well, it depends. I mean, what is Denver going to want for Kyle Fuller? You're not giving up a one or a two for him. No, heck no. Would you give up a four for him? I'd have to go watch tape on him, uh, Pete. He's been I, bad. I, no, no, I'm going to be honest with you. He's been bad this year. He's yeah, I, I haven't watched it. I, I can't even comment. It's Great. not like I've studied but, Kyle but, Fuller. But, JP, here's the other thing about those. The Bucks have been cornerback needy all year because of injuries, and they got Richard Her- Sherman off the scrap heap. Does that not tell you there's nothing out there? Yeah, it's true. He's standing on the sideline calling or with a headset on right now. And, and, and the 49ers got Josh Norman off the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. And pass rushers are even harder to find. They don't exist yeah. if they're not on a team already. Our next question today on social media, this is from at Samuel of Duval. Can you guys rank the rookie quarterbacks so far? Pete, this is your forte. Yeah, number one, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it's close. Uh, number two, Mac Jones. Number three, Ooh, it's, uh, there is no Justin Fields would probably be number three. Ooh. Trey Lance four, <laughs> and Zach Wilson's been awful, so he'd be five. Fields got smoked yesterday. 
Are yeah, you surprised Zach, how Zach, bad Zach Wilson's been, Pete? Because I think yeah, well, you, I, I think I, you I, had him ranked. Helped, they haven't you, helped him any either, though. I mean, the left tackle's been hurt. The wide receivers have been banged up, and and they don't have much of a run game. So yeah, and he doesn't see over the line of scrimmage. It's a problem. How tall? How tall is he, Pete? Six one, maybe. I thought he maybe. measured six two at the combine. He does not look yeah, like he's six two. He doesn't look six. He doesn't play six two. He has Let a me do some research. I'll do some research oh, as we go to the next crack question. research staff here is getting after. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll go question. to the next question. Thank you, producer Tony. Uh, at Biddy Ross. So have Pete explain what he means by receivers winning. The highlights they see every week are those of receivers being schemed open, yes or no. Coaching is tantamount to success. Unless you have great ones. And I'll give you a perfect example. You saw Jamar Chase win against Marlon Humphrey in a man-covered situation on Sunday and turn it into an 82-yard touchdown play. That 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 doesn't take scheming him open. That takes a guy who can run a route and win and use the speed and his ability to break tackles to get out in the open field and make it a big play. If you don't have that, and the Jaguars do not have that right now, you have to be able to scheme them open. You, can, you know, back in the day, Mike McCarthy used to take a ton of criticism in, Dow, in Green Bay because he used ISO routes only. Two over here, one over there, you run your route. They never bunched, picked, rubbed, anything. But that's the way Aaron Rodgers liked to play it. Well, if you go, you know, spin it forward to go to Dallas right now, they use a lot, much more of those bunches and picks and rubs, and they have good receivers. So you have to be able to scheme them open when you can't run and win in, in one-on-one situations. And just as an official update, Zach Wilson officially at the uh, NFL Combine, 6'2". Well, he doesn't play like he's 6'2". I'm just telling you how tall he is, Pete. So I'm telling you. I mean, you saying the measurements are wrong? That's what they are. No, I'm well, not saying he's wrong. He's a problem seeing over the line. I, don't, I think I, Pete is over critical of Bevel and not doing bunch and helping guys get open. Shocking. I just I go watch the tape, Pete. They do a bunch of they do a um I was gonna say bunch of bunch. The first three weeks of the season they barely did any. Okay, go watch the last four games and they are doing they're they've moving guys around, they're ch- they're changing formation, they got bunch. They've done, they've done more, but the first three games okay, of the season I, they uh, that's all I yeah, said. they're running the ball more, which helps. So Some of that. You are over criticizing them based on the recent performance and what they've done from an offense. That's all I'm saying. I, I, that was a question not directed at them. It was a question directed at what's the what's the difference between the two, and you're you were pay, weren't paying attention, so you jumped in with your usual hothead self. No, I can't wow. I can't disagree. His, with his that. crack research staff was distracting him. <laughs> I was working at re- I was doing research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next question on social media today at Danton Thomas. I'm hoping to see Agnew, Quarterman, and Cisco impact more this year. Agree. Who would you add? Well, wait a second. This is like so interesting to me. Like, what is the infatuation with Cisco? Because everyone says like to see him impact more this year. Like, well, the, the made, infatuation is the interception zero. numbers in college. Okay, but he's made. He's not starting. I know. He's not even playing. That's right. Very little. Like, he's got like Andrew Wingard has won the job and beat him out and everyone else at that position. It is Wingard. And Rayshon Jenkins back there. That's right. I mean, those are your safety. So I don't get the like, unless there's like dime package, and here he comes. Yeah. Maybe. No. He's not, he's he was on a little bit. What two week the last the game. dime Nick the dime package is uh, the number five the good cover uh, special teams guy. I can't even think of his name right now. Rudy Ford. Yeah. Rudy, Rudy Ford. Ford. That's yeah, yeah. the dime guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you. I mean, yeah. like, so Cisco. I'm not 
I don't know if he's going to be good or bad. He's not out there right now. Quarterman's getting more run. I think he's a physical uh, linebacker, and I like what you know they're trying to get him reps. I think the, there there is an opportunity uh, for him to be that you know kind of banger inside linebacker for them. And Agnew is fascinating to me. The guy can flat fly. He's dangerous with the ball in his um, in his hands, especially in open field. I'd like to see him even more. And I'd like to to your point, Pete, create some routes where you can get him on crossers, get the ball in his hands while he's on the move, and see what he can do because he is. There's no question he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. And he's starting to look more and more like a wide receiver. I agree. Like he's body control, getting both feet down. You know, I would, I would create some plays where he gets open in the middle of the field, whether it's rub routes, picks, or just by design, and keep him on the move and, and see what happens. There you go. Uh, two more questions. Let's get to the next one here on social media. At B for Brendan, how realistic is it that next year's Jags can be what the Bengals Chargers are this year with their second-year stud quarterbacks? Seems like we still have a lot of holes to make the jump. Well, the Bengals had a bunch of talent at the skill positions. You know, Corey, you know, Corey, uh, not Corey, uh, Joe Mixon, second Corey Dillon, that was my error. Joe Mixon, uh, running back, really good player. They had a stable full uh, stable of wide receivers before they even got Jamar Chase. Uh, the tight end is a good player. They just lacked at the offensive line. And they had injuries. They solidified that spot. And then they spent a ton of money in free agency on defense. And a couple young players have stepped up, mainly Sam Hubbard, who's a you know, former second-round pick. So I think they might be – Pete, my sense is – from a skill position uh, perspective, they are further along where they were last year compared to where the Jags are this year. Well, yeah, because T. Higgins and and Tyler Boyd are better than anybody at the wide receiver. And Tate, and they had Tate. Those three guys, uh, Uzuma, 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 how you say the Titans name, Uzuma? Uzama. Uzama, thank you, sorry. Uh, And he's a a good player. Uzama's a good player. Hey, showed it against the Jags. No, he's a good but, player. But, I mean, so they, but they also have they went t- out in free agency and spent money on defense and, and not a ton on t- – I mean, the big ticket item was Hendrickson, and he has five and a half sacks. He's played well. But, you know, they ended up getting Mike Hilton to play nickel corner. That's right. You get, you get Joby to play defensive tackle next to Reeder, who didn't play last year because he was hurt. You get Awuzie to play corner, who's played really well for them. And, and I'll be honest, he's played better than Shaq Griffin has played. Uh, he's not a better player, but he's Uzi played. Way has, yes, he's played really well, and so you look at their defense. Von Bell, they added him to play safety, another veteran, and Logan Wilson's improved. What what has well, to happen they, is you bring in they, some young guys who are not that old, and as they all grow together, the young guys get better, then the, the unit gets better. That's a good defense right now, Tony. And that all in the offensive line, they got the. Uh, Cat from uh, Alabama, uh, Jonah uh, Williams, and he didn't Williams. play last year, so he's back in. Like he's a got first back round in, pick. And, and they add, they got one. Reef. Who's the right tackle now? They added Riley Reef. Riley Reef from Detroit uh, or uh, Minnesota, and Spain, the guard from yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, so they got like sprinkle guys. That they they're just and so can so the question is, can the Jaguars do that? Yeah, the way they'd have yes. to. But yes, they got to get more. They, they they're gonna have to invest in skill positions like the Bengals invested in defense and faster. Got to get faster. Got to get faster. 
Let's wrap it up with the final social media question today. This is from at Kite Sports. Can we get a deep dive into Pete's party habits? Mm. Uh, no. Why not? Well, because I don't do it. Well, you just were talking boy. about whatever that street down in Fort you, you, Last week you were like, knee once, deep in Los Olas. Los Olas. Once in a blue moon, we go. Okay, we tell, us, tell us what, what does Pete um, do on Los Olas? Go watch games and have a couple drinks and listen to some music. What kind of music? Like, what, what places can we find you? So next time I'm down there, I can meet up with you on Los Olas. Big, Big City Tavern. I mean, there's a bunch of places over there. Do you come dance, Pete? Are you a dancer? Are you, a are you da- if I if I come down on Los Ol- Los Olas, Los Olas, <laughs> will I see you dancing in the streets? Will I see you dancing uh, in the streets of Los Olas? No, you Olas? will not see me dancing in the streets. You will not. Okay, it's disappointing. Now the boat you- the boat shows here this week in oh, Fort Lauderdale. I got a, a buddy one. of mine's going down. You're going to be hanging out on Los Olas for the boat show. It's big yeah, boat shows this week. It's big. Social media questions, we got them done. We'll come back and go around the National Football League. And here's some radio calls from week number seven. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, and it is Monday. And I'm J.P. Shadrick. That's Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco along with us. It's time for our look around the National Football League in week number seven. The Jaguars were off. It was the bye week. It was actually nice to sit around and watch some other games. All right. That's great. Let's, uh, let's no, that's what I do every Sunday. Are, right. you, t- are you talking to me? Or are they just, just, just in general, up, whoever would well, like to pipe up. And, I always get in trouble for speaking during this segment because I speak over your radio calls. So I'm trying to be quiet. All right. Let's get into it. Shall we? Let's start off with the Bengals over the Ravens, and they just destroyed them. 41-17, Pete. What, what's up with the Ravens? Just a blip? That was, I mean, they just got pushed around, shoved around, and when they, they threw it on, on them early, and then they ran it. When they wanted to run it, they ran it late in the game, and they just dominated them from start to finish, and the defense really played well. By the way, about two weeks ago, everybody was saying, oh, Remember mocking people, oh, the league figured out Lamar Jackson okay. The last two weeks, he's been ordinary, throwing the football. And they got to be better throwing the football. They didn't run it well with the running backs. The running backs are 120 combined years, I think, and they didn't run the ball very well either. And he's their running back. He's their weapon. They have problems if uh, they don't throw the ball better than they've been throwing it. Hmm. Well, I also also think it's the bigger story there is – I, I don't understand why we always want to immediately go, you know, Lamar Jackson can do, can't do this, can't do that, whatever. The guy's amazing, and I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's making himself a ton of money this year. The bigger story to me was what Cincinnati did and how dominant they were and that Joe Burrow is, you know, proving that he is an upper echelon quarterback and one, is the, one of the young guns and, and adding a weapon like Jamar Chase – Man makes them dangerous, and they're a good you know football a, team. You know what's impressive about that, Tony? Really impressive. A week ago, the Ravens had a great plan for slowing down Justin Herbert. It was outstanding, and he never looked like he could get in sync. They tried some of the similar type things against Burrow, and he was ready for it. So it tells you that he put the time and the work in during the week. I think he's a smart quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. It's good enough, but he's a smart guy and knows where to go with the football. 
Packers over Washington 24 to 10. The Falcons beat the Dolphins 30 to 28 on a field goal late. The Patriots had a little razzle dazzle to open the ball game. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on the call with the 98.5 Sports Hub Patriots Radio Network. Bourne motions into the backfield from the pistol. Floater to Bourne. He's looking to throw. And he tosses a lob to Aguilar. Yeah. Wide open. Touchdown, Patriots. And they poured it on their division rivals, Pete, 54-13. Yeah, and you know what was weird? They were throwing late in that game. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, seriously, they t- Jones threw late, and then they took him out, and they threw more late in the game. I, I just I don't like that. It, it, it's kind of rubbing it in on a young team without their quarterback who went out in that game, and he took a shot, and, and his knee is, you know, he's going to be out for two to four weeks. Look, their season isn't going anywhere this year, but that guy needs to be on the field. Zach Wilson needs to be on the field playing because he needs the, he needs the experience. Well, I, I never feel bad in NFL games. For, like, I don't think there's any such thing as running up the score. Play defense. Like, you get paid to stop people, go stop them. If you want to go nah, throw it, I throw disagree. It. There's some there's – Well, some... I mean, that's because you've never been a competitor at the highest level like me, Pete. Um, oh. And so, like, when you get to this level, you, it's, a pay, it's a paid profession. Okay. Go stop people. What about when the Lions took a knee on you guys in the regular season? How'd that go? Was that more of an insult than running it up? Yes, that was a big insult. I'd rather them run it up and throw it all over us. You know, I, t- I tell that story to people, and they can't believe that that's actually real. <laughs> it's true. It happened. It was, they <laughs> took a knee in the, like, the end of the third wow. quarter, fourth quarter. They just took a knee. They gave up. I would it rather was, them like throw it every it was, down, Pete, than do that. That was embarrassing. It was like 40, what was it, 49 to nothing or something like that? I felt like I was like back in Pop Warner when we were playing up a grade or something, and the older team just like felt sorry for you. That's what it felt like. And that's my perspective why if I'm on the field, you go try to score against me. My job is to stop it or or my job is to score. Like Giving up is almost a bigger insult. Giants over the Panthers, 25-3. to The Titans over the Chiefs. They blasted them, including Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown pass in the game. Mike Keith and Dave McGinnis on Titans Radio. Titans offset the eye to the right. Now going in motion, Tannehill. Direct snap, Henry. He throws in the end zone. Man is wide open. Caught. Touchdown, Titans. Michael Pruitt. The Titans go to the King Cat. And the King has thrown for a big six. Uh, there you have it. Uh, the King Cat, apparently. It works to perfection, and uh, Derrick Henry throwing a pass, a pass now. What's going on with the Chiefs? I mean, because they're not very good. They're not a good here's, football team right now. No, here's what's going on with the Chiefs, Tony. The defense is very good. They fall behind. And then teams are playing Mahomes like the Bills did on that in that uh, Sunday night game where they play off coverage and they want them to be patient. Well... That's not his DNA, A. B, when you fall behind, you have a tendency to get away from things you're supposed to do when you play off coverage, which is check the ball down, throw the short pass in the middle of the field, and run the ball. So they don't do it very well. And in that offensive line that they rebuilt got whipped on Sunday. Mm. The left tackle was terrible. Uh, now, I haven't watched the game tape, but on the TV tape, remember they, they acquired him, and Orlando, he was going to fix, Orlando Brown was going to fix their left tackle spot. Bud Dupree ate him alive, it looked like, on the TV tape well, on Sunday. Pete, and I said, you remember the talk was, should the Jaguars trade for Orlando Brown the offseason? Yes, and it I was, was a absolutely, absolute no. Absolutely not. They should not do that. And the reason is, 
I don't think Orlando Brown is a left tackle. I don't think I agree with you. in a straight drop back offense, he is athletic enough to handle elite pass rushers. What he was asked to do in Baltimore is 180 degrees different, different than any other team is going to ask you to play left tackle. Because it's not this power running option game, heavy on the ground, all play action pass because of who your quarterback is. You have to be able to drop back in third and medium to long and know that guy knows it's pass and your quarterback is going to be back there and you got to protect. I don't I just I don't think he's I agree. a left he's tackle. He's a right tackle. He's a right tackle. And, and real quick JP, I got to ask Tony one something real quick. Did you take the homework assignment I gave you and go watch the kid at, where's your number at Minnesota? No, not yet. I've been I was busy oh. this weekend doing nothing. I, I bet he wears 71 for you. I, I guarantee you he wears he's that. He's good. I just a little bit I saw Pete. He's a good athlete. I want to watch more. But I, yeah, I like good. Orlando Brown, I I think the Chiefs are going to have buyer's remorse on this one. I just don't think he's in elite. I agree. Mm. I agree. Let's get to the Rams. They had some issues early. The defense got in on the act late, though. A familiar name with an interception, J.B. Long and Maurice Jones-Drew on 710 ESPN Los Angeles. From the 12, Goff back to throw. Aaron Donald hits him. Throw end zone. It's picked. Intercepted at the goal line by Jalen Ramsey. He's out to the 10. Right sideline 20. A stiff arm as Ramsey preserves a 25-19 lead. The two megastars on defense for the Rams. Wow. Show up in crunch time. Donald, the pressure and the hits. Ramsey, the interception at the goal line. Rams rally and win. Pete? Yeah, and they didn't play very well on Sunday, but I give the Lions credit, and, and you could talk to Brunel about this, Tony, but they play hard, and they they tried everything and anything, fake two fake punts, the onside kick, they knew they were undermanned, and they, they hung around in that game. And if Donald doesn't hit Goff, that's probably a touchdown. And uh, he hits him, and the ball's a little late, and Ramsey made the play. It was still a two-possession two game because they, they were down nine. So they had to score there plus no. kick a field. Yes. At that time, was it nine? Yes. I don't think it was, it was at nine at that time. 28-19. Or was it 25-19 at that point? It was 25-19. Never mind then. I retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to the Cardinals over the Texans, 31-5. to The only game in league history with a 31-5 to final. And uh, that's... Oh, wow. That score of Gami's going to get excited about that, isn't he? There you have it. Yeah, he is. Uh, and then the Buccaneers over the Bears. Tom Brady with career touchdown pass number 600 called by Gene Deckerhoff on the Buccaneers radio network. Brady motion left to right. We move right to left. Here's Brady's pass. Caught ball. Touchdown, Mike Evans. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Where are you? That's a great catch, and now it's the 600th, but it's a great job. It's a slant route, and it's man-to-man coverage, and Tom Brady sticks it on his body, and Mike Evans took a big hit immediately, but was able to hang on to the football, and that's a big one. 20 to nothing. Bucks score another touchdown off a Chicago Bears turnover. 600 touchdown passes for Tom Brady. And um, Mike Evans gave it to a fan in the stands. He had to negotiate for the uh, the ball again, and uh, he probably yeah, could have held out. Cheaply on that. They, yeah. they could've, he could have held out for more, that guy. <laughs> right. So, I, mean, the, uh, go I feel six, bad I'm for not... Justin. Uh, I feel sorry for Justin Fields. He got just yeah, killed. Oh. And the offensive line is awful in Chicago. He has no chance. They're bad. Hey, they gave away their two starting tackles. What do you expect? <laughs> Seriously. Leno was there, and he's now in Washington, and he's not great, but he's better than what they have. And then the right tackle's now in uh, – Bobby Massey's now in Denver. 
And the Colts over the 49ers, 30-18 to last night in Santa Clara. Monday night football. It's a battle in the Pacific Northwest. Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints at 3-2 and visit Geno Smith and the 2-4 and Seattle Seahawks. It's time to scout the next Jaguars opponent. Who you got tonight, Tony, quickly? Uh, the Saints. They're getting everyone back. I think they win. I got the Saints, too. I think they dominate this game. Their, their defense is getting really – guys back, Davenport's back, the offensive line's back, Armstead and McCoy, like the Saints. Dominate. Wow. Uh, I, I think, think it's Seattle closer stinks. than Pete thinks because it's up in Seattle and that place is going to be rocking tonight. I think Seattle stinks. <laughs> but I think – I don't know if they stink, but I think uh, <laughs> the Saints win, which sets up the lock of the week, the Jags beating the Seahawks in Seattle – Trick or treat. It's Halloween. Nothing but treats for Jaguar fans next week. Lock it lock up. It. It's lock in it there. Up. Can't unlock the lock. Pete, we'll talk to you. You got it. Pete Frisco. <laughs> Pete Frisco out of here. Tony Maselli, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. I'm JP. We'll catch you next time on Jaguars Happy Hour.